But as we continue in worship, let me invite you to open up your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. And as you turn there, man, if you've enjoyed this band up here this morning, can we just give them a round of applause? And now that we know you enjoy singing Christmas songs, we also want to invite you this weekend to Open Door. We've got two services on Christmas Eve. Uh, They're both going to be the exact same, so you're welcome to come to both if you want, but you just have to come to one. Three and five o'clock this Saturday, we'd love to have you. And then on Sunday morning, next Sunday morning, Christmas morning, we're going to have one service at 11. We'll have lots of singing. And who knows, maybe we'll even have Pastor Dwayne do a spoken word next week. But I don't know. You'll have to come to find out, all right? So... We'd love to have you this weekend as we celebrate Christmas. Well, this morning, just for a few minutes, I want us to look at Isaiah chapter 9, starting in verse 6, about Jesus coming as the Prince of Peace. i got a question for you. How would you define peace in your life? When you think of the word peace, what do you think of? Uh, Now, maybe for some of you, maybe you think of the word peace and you think of a day at the beach. You think of sitting in the sand, hearing the waves crash up against the shore, you're tanning, or maybe if you're like me, more accurately, you're burning in the sun. Uh, Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe when you think of peace, you think of of a nice mountaintop weekend. You think about fishing, trout fishing there in the stream, the cool breeze going through your hair. Or maybe for others of you, maybe parents in here, when you think of peace, you think of no kids in the house, all right? When you think of peace, the kids are at grandparents' house, and you just let a little sigh of relief out that there is peace. Maybe it's the beach, maybe it's the mountains, maybe it's no kids. We all have this conception of what we think of as peace, And oftentimes when we think of something as peaceful, we often think of it as the lack of something. So we think of peace as the the lack of worry, or maybe over the holidays, peace is the lack of work or the lack of kids, right? They're out of the house for the weekend with grandparents or something. But I want to submit to you this morning that according to the Bible, peace is not just the lack of something. Peace is not just the absence of conflict. Peace is not the absence of worry. It's not even the absence of work. Peace is not a fad from the 60s during the the hippie movement, right? Peace is not any of these things according to God's word. In Isaiah chapter 9, the Lord inspires Isaiah to write down these words about the coming Messiah, Jesus. So so listen to what he writes. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 says, for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And we'll unpack this verse a little bit more this weekend, but for just a few moments, I want us to think about what does it mean that Jesus is the Prince of Peace? What does it mean that Jesus brings peace to us as this Prince? The word here in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 that is translated peace is the Hebrew word shalom. And shalom, it means peace, but it also has this idea, this sense of, of wholeness, of completeness. It's often used in the Old Testament to refer to God, but it refers to how how things are supposed to be, the way that things are supposed to be. And the best picture that that we get of shalom, of peace, of completeness in the Bible is actually found in the first couple of chapters. God creates the heavens and the earth. He says, everything is good, good, good. And then he gets to humankind. He says, oh, this is very good. And everything is good in the Garden of Eden. God, in chapter two, he's walking with Adam and Eve. Everything is peaceful. Everything is shalom. Everything is how it's supposed to be. It's complete. It's whole. But then, unfortunately, the next chapter, sin enters into the world. And where there was once this sense of peace, where there was once this sense of completeness, 
there is now brokenness. Sin has entered the world and there's brokenness where there once was peace. And maybe you're here this morning that, and you're not a Christian. Maybe you're visiting with somebody from Open Door. We're so glad that you're here. But, but on, a, on some level, you and I feel this sense of sin and brokenness in every aspect of our lives. Maybe it's in our families. We feel this sense of brokenness and sin. Maybe it's in other relationships that we have. Uh, maybe we feel this brokenness in our job or what we have anxiety or worry about. Maybe we even feel this in our body, wrestling with a disease or an illness or something. We feel effects of this sin and brokenness all around us. And we think to ourselves, this is not the way it's supposed to be. We see stories in the news all the time about brokenness. We, we see somebody have a gun and go into a school and kill children. And we, th- we think to ourselves, this, this isn't how it's supposed to be, right? This is not peaceful. This is not shalom. This is not what God intended. We feel the effects of this brokenness all around us. And maybe especially during the Christmas season. We run around from party to party, we, we travel, we get on planes, we get in cars, and, and, and it's anything but peaceful. And we think to ourselves, I wish I had a little bit of peace. I wish I had a little bit of shalom. I, li- I wish I had this wholeness and this brokenness. Well, what happens in the garden affects us all. We're all affected by sin and the brokenness that it brings. But listen to how Luke 2 begins with the story of the angels coming down and talking to the shepherds. The advent of the Prince of Peace, the angel says to the shepherds in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, don't be afraid for look, I proclaim to you good news for great joy that will be for all the people. So if you're here and you're breathing this morning, this good news is for you. Today in the city of David, a savior was born for you who is Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Verse 13, suddenly there was a great multitude of the heavenly host of the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace, peace, peace on earth to people he favors. So according to the angel, where is peace now found? It's now found on earth and it's found on earth because again, peace is not just the absence of conflict. But peace is the presence of God. Jesus is now God in flesh, and he is here, humbled himself to the point of being a vulnerable baby boy. Peace is now on earth because God's presence is now here. Peace is not just the absence of conflict. It is the presence of God. I heard a story a few years ago, and it reminded me when I was studying this passage. It's a story about little Billy. And little Billy was traveling with his family for the Christmas holidays, Now, little Billy was two years old, so maybe some of you have toddlers in here and you'll resonate with this story. Two-year-old Billy, like most two-year-olds, was often getting into things that he should not. So he was often getting into trouble. And it was at the grandparents' house that he got in trouble, and his mom was there. And his mom sat him in the playpen, and the grandpa, her dad, was sitting there. And little Billy started crying out, Papa, Papa, help me. Now, if you're a grandparent and your grandchild calls out to you, what do you want to do immediately? Well, you want to pick them up and help them out, right? But the mom said to the grandpa, look, dad, you cannot get him out. He's in timeout. He needs to stay there in this playpen, all right? So the grandpa sat in his recliner, his heart breaking. He's seeing his two-year-old grandson there, but he does what the mom asked. So little Billy is still in the playpen for timeout. The mom goes out just for a few minutes. She comes back in a few minutes later, and to her surprise, little Billy is still in the playpen, but he's actually really excited and happy and playing because grandpa has also gotten in the playpen with him. 
Now, I was telling the story this morning, and I thought to myself, now, this sounds like something Pastor Eric would do as a grandpa, right? So Pastor Eric told me he's going to try this over Christmas break. And on a much more cosmic and grand scale, this is what the Lord God has done for us. In our captivity, in our sin, in our brokenness, we have been separated from God. We have, we have been in the, the playpen of sin, if you will, separated from God. And the great news of Christianity is this, that God has actually gotten down in there with us. He has humbled himself, just like the grandpa, but he has humbled himself to the point of death on a cross so that he could get in there with us. The Lord God has humbled himself to, to be in there with us. And, and friends, listen, if you're here visiting, this is what makes Christianity so much better and so much more unique than any other thought system or any other religion. Any other religion will tell you that you have to do certain things or live a certain way in order to obtain peace, in order to obtain a sense of fulfillment, a sense of completeness, shalom, right? Any other thought system, any other religion will tell you you have to do certain things. But the beauty of Christianity is that peace has now come to us. It is the exact opposite. Peace is now found on earth because peace is not the absence of conflict. True peace is found in the presence of God. How does he do this for us? Let me end with a line from one of my favorite Christmas carols. Hark the herald angels sing. says this in the first verse. Peace on earth in mercy mild. God and sinners, what? Reconciled. True peace is found because God has reconciled us to him. He has reconciled. He has brought us back. He has made us whole. He's made us complete. And that's where true peace comes from, is God reconciling himself to us. And he has done that by coming from heaven, leaving the side of the Father, coming down to us in our sin our, of playpen, if you will. So I ask you again, how would you define peace? Is peace the beach for you? Is it the mountain? Is it the absence of kids? Or when you think about peace, is it the presence of God? What a wonderful season to think about peace when God humbled himself and came so that we can now have peace on earth with him. And again, if you're visiting this morning, family, friends, we're, we're so glad that you're here. I would, would love you to ask whoever you came here with this morning from Open Door, how can I have true peace? We'd love to talk with you more about that. Our peace as Christians is not dependent on circumstances. It's not dependent on anything else because we have an unchanging God who has brought peace to us in our need and has made us whole, just like it was always meant to be. Let's pray together. Father, we do thank you that you are the one who brings us true peace. And Father, we confess that even as Christians, there are so many things in our lives that we look towards for peace. Maybe it's money, maybe it's our health, maybe it's other people. But God, we confess that we often look for true peace outside of the Prince of Peace. And so Father, this morning, even in just these few moments that we've had to gather and to talk about your word, I pray that you would just encourage us in this Christmas season, a time when we see the word peace in, on our ornaments, on billboards, in Christmas movies, and we even sing about them in Christmas carols. As we think about the word peace, I pray that you would just remind us that true peace is found in you. Father, the only response to this peace that you have given us to make us whole is to sing and to worship and to adore you. And so I pray that you would be with us now as we close out doing just that. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.